This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, we are, good morning. I'm going to transition real quick. We are in the middle of our counterculture series. If you guys haven't been with us before now, it is a series that's intended to build you up as a friend of God and the beliefs and the values of the kingdom. You know, if you have been here before, you've heard me say it uh, more than once, culture has a very loud voice and it's constantly looking to convey its beliefs and its values to all of us in hopes of aligning us to a culture that's different than what the Father has for us. Today's topic is actually a prime example of that. And as you can see by the way things are set up, we are going to do today a little bit different. We're going to have a panel discussion with two very good friends of ours. I'm excited to invite them up in just a moment. Each of them carry the heart of the Father in a tremendously powerful way. Um, It's a beautiful mix of, of the heart of God, again, as a dad, but also this pastoral component that cares so deeply out of the place of uh, of, of God's heart for people. And so I want you to welcome with me our good friends, Kim Wilson and Will, Kim Williamson and Wilson Choo Choo. Come on up guys. I'm putting both of your names together. Wilson and Williamson, oh my gosh making it difficult for me. All right. So, hi guys. Can you get that, Wilson? Sorry about that. So, um, we know what we're going to talk about today. And I know that the topic, I, I think it's it's apropos to have both of you guys here sharing with us because the topic is very pastoral um, we could go lots of ways with it, but, but when we were talking earlier, we felt God say, let's just stick with, with really the heart of the father, um, regarding this issue. So our topic is pain. Exactly. (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes. I like that we get to laugh. Seriously. It's good medicine. This is a topic that has um, teeth in the spirit. It's like pain, somebody's in pain, and it's like sometimes it feels like there's an elephant in the room, right? It's like, what do we do with this? What about when we enter seasons of suffering? What do we do with that? And so, again, I'm so grateful to have you guys here with us. So we have just a few minutes. Why don't you tell us, let's start with this. If somebody doesn't know you personally, um, why don't you share just what you do career-wise, like outside of, you do so much in this community on a regular basis, but what do you do outside just as a career? Kim, why don't we start with you? Hi, everyone. I'm Kim. Um, I am a mental health therapist, and I work primarily with trauma, and guess what? Every one of you out there has some form of trauma. (laughs) It's either capital T trauma or small T trauma, and I myself have a lot of it too, and uh, 
praise God, he takes our pain and he makes beautiful things happen. Come on, come on. Like the fact that I can stand up here and talk about pain and work with people in pain, that's beauty from my pain. Come on, Kim. So I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you, and share. Kim. Thank you. And Mr. Chuchu. Good morning, everyone. Uh, so glad, glad to um, be here and be able to uh, contribute to this conversation because uh, I think one of one thing that we have or we all have in common is uh, this experience of pain. Uh, now that we're talking about emotional pain or spiritual pain or physical pain, you know, uh, pain of a broken relationship, um, that's something that we can all, you know, uh, that make us common, you know, uh, as human beings. Uh, uh, as my work, I'm actually a, a hospice chaplain. So I work in hospice. <laughs> um, I help patients and, and families to navigate um, that journey when they are given a diagnosis of a terminal illness. In uh, hospice, you know, people have misconception about hospice. It's not for people who have given up on life. Actually, it's a beautiful place. Um, I get to hear a lot of stories, most of them, of course, stories of pain. Um, I sit with them and we try to find meaning. We try to find purpose. Um, you know, and we try to find possibility of, of even hope, you know, in that season of their life. So um, I'm glad to join with you and uh, share a little bit of, you know, that and contribute to that. It's going to be a, a good a discussion time, guys. Holy Spirit is in the room. He's been here. He got here before you did. But when you came, we got more fullness. Um, we believe, as we spoke earlier, that we could go at a topic like this from lots of different directions. Culture does have a lot to say about pain and suffering, um, but so does, the, so does the Lord, so do the scriptures. And so we're going to start with um, the foundation that's going to keep us grounded and rooted, okay? And that foundation, I think we have a slide up there, is the gospel. So the gospel tells us that Jesus was victorious through the cross, pain and suffering. His pain and suffering uh, secured for us a reconciliation to the Father. So that is where we're starting. That's our foundation. Jesus finished the work of reconciliation. We are now one with the Father. At the same time, we want to mention that nowhere in the scriptures are we promised a painless existence on this side of glory. Nowhere. Revelation 21 says it this way. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God is, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his. God himself will be with them. And he will wipe every tear, here we go, every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying and no more pain. All of these things will be gone forever. Amen. Amen. That being said, guys, let's jump in. I want to start by asking each of you, why do you think it's important for us to know that Scripture does not promise us a painless existence here and now? I'll jump in. <laughs> um, Julie, I think one of the things that uh, the truth that you just talked about saves us from is the pain of unrealistic expectations. Um, unmet expectations. I, I, wow. Yes, unmet expectations. So I think, um, so, um, and realistic expectations, they produce 
a secondary form of pain, which leads to like self-blame and self-condemnation and guilt. Um, and, I, and I think for many people, it's not pain that is hard uh, to bear. It's what that, that pain represents or the suffering it represents. Uh, people who go through pain um, also go through feelings of confusion and feelings of fear. And feelings of, you know, uh, doubt and, and abandoned. Um, so I, I think uh, on the positive side of it, uh, if you know the truth that um, you read Revelation, that on this side of life, uh, pain is inevitable. Suffering is inevitable. Uh, it's, 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 it's the gospel talks about, you know, we read the scriptures and we, you know, talks about the, 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 the creation of the world as it is today. It's not as God planned it, you know. Uh, sadly, because God created us, you know, uh, in love, you know, with this free will, uh, it makes us human beings to uh, make choices. Uh, other people make choices that bring harm, that bring pain, that bring suffering. So, um, so when you know that this is part of life, pain is part of life, then you are able to invite Jesus to this space and invite believers Absolutely. to this space to walk with you without shame. There you go. So I think it's just embracing it as part, as a dimension of this life we live. Very good. I want to jump in here real quick, Wilson. I actually, I don't, I didn't know I was going to say this, so I don't have the the exact space where I got this information, but I heard um, somebody uh, from a counseling background, mental illness background, um, a counselor for, for that particular area of, of, of counsel. Jeez, that was so profound. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but they mentioned something like 90% of people that suffer with mental illness, 90% of the, of the, uh, the, chal- the challenge of 90% of the people is the fear of experiencing pain. It's not even that they're in pain. It's, the, it's what the mental torment it can do, even just thinking about pain. So having conversations like this, seriously, guys, it is going to take the teeth, the bite out of the enemy being able to torment people. So if anybody's going to bring to culture health and a, and, a, and a true word that can set people, set people free. It's going to be the church. So we need to be talking about stuff like this so that we're not afraid on the inside and, 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 and not playing our part like you, you were saying earlier, Wilson. So thank you so much for that. Kim, what about you? Yeah, and on that same note, I want to say that I think sometimes we as the church, me, myself, growing up, we used to throw scripture around a little too loosely like when people were in pain, we would just say, well, you know, all things work together for good for those who love God. Or we might say, um, remember, with God, all things are possible. All true, all true, for sure. But you know what is interesting? That in the gospel message, we have the crucifixion and we have the resurrection. But there's a really important day that God obviously chose to include and that would be holy saturday and god in his kindness and his desire to comfort us in our pain in our pain didn't go immediately from pain and the crucifixion to resurrection it doesn't happen that way does it we don't have pain and then oh god will be with me and tomorrow it's over heck no some of us are struggling with pain for years and years and years holy saturday is the day of waiting. 
It's a day of waiting, and it's a day that I think God purposely put there for us to receive comfort in our suffering. I think part of knowing God is being in the wrestle on Holy Saturday. There you go. Not in denial. Come on. Not in, you know, religious language. But in God, I am suffering. Where are you? Will you comfort me? I feel alone. Does anybody know? Kim, I feel like bringing that back around to why do you think it's important for us to know that scripture doesn't promise us the painless existence now is because, I mean, in the church for so long, the testimony that you just shared, uh, Wilson, when we talked earlier, all of us have our own stories in that. Um, It's just we experienced in our own in our own stories, we experienced the challenges of confusion of, well, what about, we're going to talk about the, this painless, this, this passport out of pain that we, that some of us believed wrongly that we were going to get once we said yes to Jesus. Um, but it's grounding and rooting the body of Christ through a conversation like this, through, through revelation of, of the scriptures that we just read in Revelation 21 for the sake of authenticity maturing and stabilizing us in the midst of seasons where there is pain. Okay. So stay with us guys. All of us need this. This is going to help you navigate through seasons of uh, times of, of pain successfully. All right. All right. Next question. What are some of the things that we're just going to, I know we, people know these, uh, but I want to like bring them together out in the open before we dive any deeper. What are some of the things that culture says about pain and suffering? Both the culture of society and a religious culture. Why don't you guys name some off that you can think of? I think culture, and actually I do this sometimes, quite, I'll just be transparent, says deny it and numb it. Mm. And I wrestled with that just recently, like on my phone, Scroll, 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 shopping, 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 Instagram, Instagram, TV, Netflix. Come on. You know, food, food. I love food, you know. (laughs) Wine, alcohol, sugar, oh, coffee, caffeine, working out 100 miles an hour, too hard. It was a busy week for Kim last week. That's me. That's me. (laughs) Yeah. We're just keeping it real, guys. You know, uh, good Kim talking about numbness. Um, but I also think, Julie, uh, that so we live in a, so we live in a, a problem-solving culture. Yeah, we do. You know, it's a blessing. Um, we enjoy new inventions and technology that makes life uh, easier, right? We enjoy that. But, but I think part of that, there's this expectation or this, um, this, and actually, the, the question is framed many times, you know, from the culture that if God exists, why, why does he allow pain and suffering, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that's and, 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 the elephant in the room, guys. And that's the elephant in the room. Yeah. And, um, and I think Christians, or as, as believers, we can fall in a trap mm-hmm. of trying to, um, trying to give very good theological explanations. But, but, I, but I think they're not easy answers to the mess of, of pain. Pain is messy, you know. Uh, yeah. It doesn't fit into neat theological, theological categories. Yeah. Earlier on, I just talked about, you know, we can talk about the freeway. We can talk about God's sovereignty. We can talk about all these big theological uh, words. Uh, but, but I think the person who is in pain, I don't want to just even pause now and just 
know that right in this room, um, we have people who are going through experience of pain. Whatever form of pain you're going through, I want to acknowledge that. Yeah. And, I, and, and this is not a conversation that is abstract no. theologies. I think we it's want very to, real to identify with this. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to, I was, I was saying that I think the person who is suffering or going through pain, what they want to hear is jury is not a good theological explanation. I think what they want to hear is, is, or what they want to know is, how can I go through this? And, and, and we see that, we see that in the, in the New Testament. We do. We can talk about Job, you know, we can say, oh, that's the Old Testament. You know, Job went through the whole, from beginning to the end, the whole experience of his pain without no explanation from God. Yeah. Wilson, he, he, I want us to talk about the culture of like a healthy um, kingdom community. I would like to wait just a few minutes to do that though, but please finish with, because I'm hearing right now even Job's community and that's not the community we want to be. No. <laughs> and so, I, but I, I, I want to, I, 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 yeah. I was going to the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. You so. know, we can talk about Paul. I think Paul was the most Christian believer we can talk about in the New Testament. And he told, he told the, he told the, he told the, the Corinthians I don't. I do not want you to be ignorant of my sufferings. Yeah, he talked on. about he faced death. You know, he he despaired of life. Um, so I, the reason I'm I'm saying this jury is because um, um, it's because Paul didn't see or the New Testament we don't see them struggling to come up with explanations of yeah. pain. Oh what I goodness. see them doing. What I see them doing come is. On. Is, is trying to create these communities of compassion and communities of, there of, of care yeah. yep. That, yep. that is able to absorb the impact of pain yeah. or, or the Amidst impact of one suffering another. and on. reframe and reframe that yeah. uh, and, and, in light and, of the gospel and work in light together of the finished with work people. Of Jesus. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We're going to definitely, uh, that's going to be one of the things that I just felt like Holy Spirit said, let's finish out today with because people are in these places because you're all like us. We're yeah. human and we're still breathing. So there's opportunities for pain to be present and we want to minister in a, it's just wisdom to be as a leadership team, to, to minister, to give you tools that'll help you be successful in these moments. So, um, I, let me give a couple of examples that I know that we spoke about earlier, um, just for our friends that are listening. Some of the things that culture would say about pain and suffering. If you do all the right things, you have the power to keep yourself from it. If you read enough self-help help books, go to the right seminars, even go to the gym enough, you'll be able to heal yourself or perfect yourself. What about the culture of religion? Well, the culture of religion has its own little tweak on that. If you read the scriptures enough, if you memorize the word of God in these areas, Wilson and I have a similar um, experience. We are both... I'm going to put words in your mouth because we've talked about it over the years. We are both so grateful for the way that the Lord chose to introduce us to the, to the community of believers, to the household of faith. But it was actually through ministries that were word of faith ministries. So we grew up hearing, if you declare a word, you will get it exactly like you declared it. There's beauty in that, but there's also some, there's a lot of, there's some stuff that's off with it. Like when I heard that word, I... I just assumed that if you ask, you're going to receive. I came from a place of so much personal pain before Jesus. I assumed that surely Jesus would be my pain prevention form from here on out. Yeah. And that's just not the gospel. Yeah. 
There's no shame in it, but it's not the gospel. So let me ask you guys this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to skip that one. Oh, no, I'm going to go there. All right. What about pain and suffering in the body of Christ? Underneath a religious culture, pain and suffering must prove that you've done something wrong. We're back to Job again. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah. so, so I think, again, it's, it's this struggle to solve a problem. You know, we, we mean well. We want to come up with some kind of explanation. Yeah. So, so I, I hear, you know, and the enemy whisper sometimes through this religious culture, or sometimes people come and tell you these things like, if you prayed harder, your flood would not have, ta- would not have, would not have taken his life. Or, or the reason why, um, the reason why, um, as a mom, your child ran away from home is because you have an unrepented sin. You know, because we're trying to, we're trying to control God. We're trying to make sure that we, we tie Not the gospel, guys. So, so, and of course, like recently, I heard, um, this is took me. Someone said, like, the reason why you, you don't have a baby is because you haven't prayed hard enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know people who have heard you know, that before? Um, yeah, yeah and, and I think, and I think like, like I think you said, Kim, uh, because we, ha- we, are, we have all these, these, uh, these theologies from the scriptures yeah. that all things work together for those who, you know, and we have, we have this expectation that, we, we need to have uh, um, we need to have um, a solution right now right then so mm. um, I'll let Kim continue maybe I don't know yeah I think also when we're asking the question why when my clients are like well why why I'm like you know what I hear your heart to want to know why however the seeking to know why is a little bit of an this sounds weird but an avoidance to being with the pain of what's actually happening like you're seeking to understand, you're wanting to stay in your logic part of your brain, which is not your heart. And God wants to meet us in a heart place. Because he's a good father. And the thing about it is, is this is what's crazy. I got to quote these, these two quotes because they say it better than I do. This is my hero, Dr. Dan Allender. Okay, so he says about pain, I have come to believe it is through the engagement of sorrow that God is known I got to say that again, that God is known, like really known, right? Where the rubber meets the road. And our own purpose on earth is best understood. To further add, this is saying the same thing, but your deepest, our deepest losses are the context in which we can become our true selves. In other words... It's out of the pain in our lives that we get to understand our beauty and the parts of God that we are meant to reflect. Come on. Like, through my pain, as a little girl at five who was fascinated with the world and wanted to play and be in awe of snow, but it wasn't met. By my, my parents were like, let's just get busy. Come on, let's just go somewhere. Let's go to the... Mom and dad wanted to go to the dump. He's like, get in the truck. We're going to go to the dump and drop off the garbage. And I'm like, but I want to play. <laughs> and so my sense of play and awe was crushed. 
And now God's like, Kim, your sense of play and awe and wonder and fascination with beauty is fascination of me. Come on. And of my beauty and of your beauty. So good. Like God really wants to bring beauty from our ashes. That's just not a Bible verse. Yep. That's the real deal. It is. So we need to stay in our struggle and wrestle around in there with God. And it doesn't have to be this, what um, a spirit that isn't God's spirit, like what the world would, would say, some of the things that the world would say is, definitely don't go there. You need to move as fast away from a place like that as possible. You need to numb, you need to shop, you need to do, you know, eat, drink, you know, definitely don't sit down, talk, you know, sit down and talk with anybody about it, which we'll get into the community in just a second, but, but like isolate, put up the walls. Why? Because we have to preserve ourselves because we're going to, we're not going to make it through if we actually possibly not make it through if we actually sit with this for a while. Now it is there, it definitely image too. What would it look like if I was vulnerable and shared with somebody what's really going on? So God knows all these dynamics of every human on the planet and his spirit is moving and, and, and wooing people, whether they know him as Lord or, and Savior yet or not, to come to a place where they can find their most authentic self. And it comes through Jesus, but he'll use other means to get them there yeah. first before Jesus' name is, is preached. He has no problem with that. So again, just tools for you guys in this area. Um, we just have a few more minutes. So let me jump into two more questions. Um, we had spoken earlier about, I don't know that we have time for stories right now, but I want to just throw it out there that we, people don't get to choose. There, um, sometimes in each of our stories, sometimes pain came through other people's choices. Sometimes it came through our personal choices. The bottom line is we don't always get to choose. And we don't always get to choose for the people that we care about. The challenge with that is, and I see some women already in the community shaking their head because I feel like you know where I'm going. When we try and help people because we love them, avoid pain, it's actually control. That comes out of a place of fear. A hundred percent. We mean well. But somewhere in, in the, 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 the storyline, it is not God. And so talking again about things like this will help bring light to certain, certain areas so that we can align with the culture of the kingdom to see, hear, hear me, when we, are friend, we grow deep in our friendship with God and we start aligning ourselves with the way God's kingdom runs, everything that we were created for for our lives begins to materialize. That if you want something to grab onto, grab onto that. You want the fullness of what God has for you? We get to talk about stuff like this and pay attention and then do something healthy with it. Okay. Um, our greatest pains can often become the greatest places where anointing comes forth because of pressing. Because of pressing. But there's something that I heard recently. There's a difference between crushing and pressing. 
And if we don't have the perspective on kingdom things like we're talking about today, we can feel we're getting crushed when all we're actually doing is being pressed. So anointing can come out through our lives. You want to see healing come through your lives for other people? You want to see deliverance come through your lives for other people? You want to see wholeness come through your lives in other people? I'm not prophesying with what I'm about to say right now. I'm just giving reality. Most often, that anointing for those callings will come because you've walked through pain in your life and you've done something positive with God as a friend because of it, in the midst of it. We can't be afraid of the pain. All right. Um, I'll jump in and say yes. Uh, and I think, you know, that's, that's great, Judy, to say that because, uh, and you said it very well. Um, uh, and I, uh, I believe the, the greatest spiritual lessons we, uh, we, we know, uh, uh, whether it's other people, they came from these dark thrones of pain, right? Um, dark some of the night great, of my soul. That's a phrase I just the, heard. The dark night of my soul. Yeah, some of the songs we sing, we love to sing the songs. They were actually composed, the people who composed those songs were under serious, painful circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So out of these... The psalmist, when we read the Psalms, yeah. and so many of the prophets, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think we're not talking about this simple formula of uh, that pain always resorts to success. And that's what you're saying, right? It's when you press, it's when you partner with God. Yep. You know, the story of, you know, of Joseph, you know. He said, you, uh, you intended, he's talking to his brother, you intended this for evil, but God intended. For good. For good. For many. For Not many. even just for myself. To, to save lives. Amen. To save lives. So I think in this place where, even talking about Romans chapter 8, verse 18, you talked about, uh, and we know that God, and you know that in all things God works for good for those who love him. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's God redeeming all things. It's not saying we need to console ourselves or others and tell them that, uh, there is there is going to be success out of this pain, but I think it's saying God is greater than the, the pain experiences. A hundred percent. You know, there's not this simple formula, but God is able to utilize those painful experiences in a bigger way, you know, yep. in his majesty. So Pain can oftentimes minimize our perspective. It can shrink it. That's good. Pain has a voice, and out of that voice it looks to shrink our perspective away from the bigger picture because we get stuck. It's real. There's no shame in it. But like when you're in, when you're in pain for a while, you just like the voice tells some of the voices inside tell you it'll never end. It's always going to be like this. And, and there, when we get rooted and grounded in our friendship with God and the bigger story that he's, he's written and continues to write, it frees, it gives us strength. It frees us in that place to continue persevering. And we know, we won't quote it now, but we know from scripture that there's great things that come from persevering. I want to jump into the culture now. We literally have five minutes. So I want to um, jump, jump into the, um, what we talked about, about a kingdom-minded, uh, Wilson. Tell us briefly about the power of a kingdom-minded community in seasons of pain. And then I'm going to ask Kim a question, and we're going to do some ministry, and the te- worship team's going to come up. Yeah, so we know that uh, this is, again, people presumably quoting scripture. They will say that God doesn't give you more than you can bear. But I actually heard one person, you know, a white person say that, actually God will give you more than you can bear. Because he wants to use other people to help you. The reason why there's a lot on your plate, you know, is because God wants to, in his plan, provide for the way to get through the pain experience through, through the help of the other people. So 
Um, and the question was? Just talk about kingdom, mind, and community. <laughs> like you went back to the first century church. Yes, well, yes, you didn't yes. say it exactly so, like that. So, so yeah, but so. You, I mean, they didn't, exp- they didn't separate, you know, the idea of, oh, my gosh, there might be pain from their salvation experience. I'm, we're yeah. not prophesying gloom and doom. Yeah. We do know the scripture says, Jesus says, don't be, don't be unaware. You know, trials and tribulations will come, but I've overcome. So yeah, how so. do you speak um, uh, encouragement regarding that understanding about kingdom-minded community? Very good. Uh, so, so they didn't separate, the New Testament didn't separate the question of pain from the according as people of God. Um, so, so there is this, and Paul says in the book of Galatians, carry each other's burden. So I think the kingdom mind, mind, mind here, the kingdom mind about pain, for me, uh, is this aspect of community. And we, we keep on talking about it. It's community of compassion. It's faithful oh, community of compassion you. and care. A community of passion. Compassion. Compassion and care. Yeah, and care. Thank uh, you, God. That's why I look at it because, um, because and I, I think it's in the wisdom of God um, um, to provide a community. And, and, it's, and it's, it's for us to be aware that we are called by God to carry each other's burden. I think today what we are saying, jury, and I think our task is, is twofold for okay. me. It's to equip you to, to, to learn a little bit more how to uh, respond to the pain experience. But second, is to equip you to be able to carry someone else's burden. Or there to be able go. to help someone who is going through a painful experience. Uh, because I don't, I, from a pastoral point of view, actually pastoral care, I don't know how. Pastor Darren and those who are on staff can be able to leverage, leverage all the needs that come, the needs support, all the needs care. But, but I think if we begin to allow ourselves to be equipped by the Lord and to know that, you know, we, uh, and I think this is a common, uh, a common response for, for, for a generation of believers is where we are indifferent to someone else's experience of pain. You know, we look at somebody who have all these, like, religious baggage. We have all these, like, oh, because of this, because of this, they need to pray, pray harder. They need to uh, repent of some kind of sin. They need to, you know, have a, a, a little bit of a stronger faith. And so we look at people who are going through pain with this indifference. Problem solving. Thinking Problem solving. again. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I believe the Lord is inviting us. When you see someone going through this, he's inviting you, he's making you, making you aware of how you can be invited by the Lord and help that person with that experience. So... That's the mind of the the Lord, the mind of Christ. Um, I'm going to jump in right now and say this. Harbor at home, small groups. Guys, we can't say it enough. This is how, as a community of believers, we get pastored. We pastor, we get pastored, and we pastor. It's in a smaller group context where we can do life together, like the first century church did, doing life together, eating meals together, hearing the word of God together, worshiping together, having deeper discussions, being brave and over time opening our hearts and being transparent and authentic with people, letting them in and then in humility and out of love, releasing what we believe kingdom-mindedness, the heart of the father back into their situations, not to fix people, to love people with the love of the Lord. Okay, that's a beautiful bride right there. That's that's a beautiful bride. Yeah. Thank you, Wilson. Kim, I yeah. want to. 
Go ahead. I, 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 I have wanna, a question I, I want to ask you. I want to echo that. Like, we, you got a lot of knowledge maybe here today. Hopefully you got some nuggets. But you know what the best gift God gives us and we give people? Presence. There you go. That's why in the Psalms of Lament, and by the way, did you guys know there's Psalms of Lament? There's about 20 of them. And the, I was going to read, but we don't have time, Psalm 77. These, but go there. Psalm 77. I mean, Psalm go, 77. No, this, go there on your own after. Yeah, I like practical application. This was me. I'll be vulnerable and tell you this. This was me a couple months ago. I just finished getting breast cancer, getting out of my treatment, and about the time I ended my treatment, found out my sister had it. I was ready to be done with cancer, quite frankly, and then I had to go through it again because my sister and I've come alongside her and we're so bonded and more intimate and better friends than we've ever been because now we share the suffering together. That's what we're meant to do as a body of Christ. And in Psalm 77, this was me. I poured out my complaint to you, God. I lifted up my voice, shouting out for your help. When I was in deep distress in my day of trouble, I reached out for you with hands stretched out to heaven. Over and over, I kept looking for you, God. But your grace was nowhere to be found. As I thought of you, I moaned, God, where are you? Have you ever been there? say you're real don't make me out as a liar I need to see you I've trusted in you all these years I don't want to be a liar make yourself known make yourself known to me come on Kim and then further down verse I don't know I can't read it then I remembered the worship songs I used to sing in the night seasons come on and my heart began to fill again with thoughts of you so my spirit went out once more in search of you. One more time, I'll search for you. Would you really walk off and leave me forever, Lord? Please show me your kind favor. And it's then that practically, this is what I do. I go in my car and I listen to two songs. One is called Nearness by Jen Johnson. And one is called Beautiful Jesus by Melissa Helser. You need to know your go-to songs for where you're going to find Jesus. And I find God in worship. And he sings over me and we sing together loud in the car. And I get reconnected that there's truth. He's with me. I'm not alone. Come on, Kim. He's right here in the car with me. I don't know if I'm going to live through this cancer. I don't know if my sister's going to live through this cancer. But I know that God is with me. Come on. I want to go there. And that's the most important lesson that we have here on planet Earth. Come on. Is that God is our close companion. Come on. And we need each other. We need people from the body of yeah. Christ, like somebody sitting here that took me for a ride in their convertible and said, let's just go blow out in the wind and ride with music loud. <laughs> okay, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> let's just go walk in a garden. Let's go to Morikami. Let's go see beauty. Let's find nature. Come on. Let's see the sunset. Let's find God in nature and beauty. He's here. He's real. He's beautiful. He's awesome. You'll find him in nature when you're all alone. You get out in the woods. You Come get on. outside and you Come go on. walk around and you find God. He's out there. He will always show up to a hungry heart. Keep your heart hungry. Keep your heart hungry. And when your heart gets cold like mine does, it was just a few weeks ago. Bring it before the bonfire. Jesus said, come on. It's okay, Kim. You wandered. It's okay. Come on. I'm bringing you home. Welcome back. Come on. And I saw that prodigal father. 
on the steps. You know that picture in the prodigal story. And I saw the prodigal father say, Kim, welcome home, girl. I, thanks for coming. I love you. I'm so glad you're home. Let's celebrate. Come on. Come on. He Come doesn't on. shame me for going and doing dumb things. Come on. He says, get to come home over and over come on, and over come on. and over again. Thank you, Jesus. And he's always there with his great big Thank arms you, hugging me, and it's not conditional. Come on. And I don't have to perform, be good girl all the time. Thank you, He's God. faithful. He is faithful. Thank you, Kim. And Thank reach you. out, you guys. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to your family. I reached out to my friends and family yesterday, and I said, please pray for me. I'm so nervous. I don't know how to be myself in front of people sometimes, but I want to be me. Pray for me. And they're, they're praying. They're watching. They're supporting me. My friends, they're supporting me. The body of Christ supporting me. People, Eva, hugging me. You got this, Kim. My daughter, you got this, Kim. We need each other. Let's not isolate. I do that. Let's not do that. Get to a home fellowship. Beautiful things happen in a home fellowship. Beautiful things. People love you there. They love you. They actually care about you. They don't know anything about you, but they love you. (laughs) What's the mom that doesn't happen in the grocery store of the world? Uh, We're gonna we're gonna land this beautiful gospel plane. (laughs) Hey, my friends, Kim Wilson. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your your whole heart. Thank you. Thank you. There's wisdom. There's so much wisdom. Um, There is something that I want to say, and we're going to minister here. And um, I've picked up when you were talking about the process of lament, Kim, is that we're not questioning God's goodness, his power, or his, his promises. Healthy crying out to God when we're in pain is healthy because it leads to encounter like Kim just testified to. And that's what we're made for. And that's where our our strength comes from. That's where our wholeness comes from. And so we invite you, if there's anything that we could, there is no formula, specific formula for everybody because everyone's seasons of pain and situations are different. But as your friends and as a a team of leaders in this house, we want to encourage you with words like, Anchor your heart to the one who is good, always. Go deeper in your friendship with God. It'll stabilize you, and it'll be a source of stabilization for the people around you. You can also, um, it's a real practical, Kim. Um, Is it called the Psalm of Lament? Yeah. Uh, You can go online and Google just like Psalm of Lament, and you'll actually get free PDFs that you can download to just do your own tool. It's a tool you can walk away with so that you can walk with Holy Spirit through the scriptures, creating your own psalm of lament to bring you to the other side, praising God, not making light or or uh, or uh, pretending that pain isn't there. Okay? So we're going to pray for you right now and Actually, Kim and Wilson are going to, I'm going to pray for you. Kim and Wilson are going to come down to the front. If you have any questions, um, they're, they're going to be here for you.
but we're gonna send you back to your Harvard home groups. Remember, that's where our real pastoral happens. But we didn't want anybody to leave if they had a question or two without Kim and, and Wilson being available. Um, there might be some others from our leadership team that, are, that might be available as well. So we invite you into that. But let me just pray for us as we, we close up. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us in the room. Um, thank you for being brave enough to sit with us for half an hour through a conversation like this. If you have children, um, please go pick them up. You can come back for ministry here at the end. But um, we honor your bravery for going after real life situations with your real big God. He's faithful. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're up to in this moment. And even as our friends um, lead us into a moment of worship, we thank you for how easy it is to encounter you, God. We thank you that, um, we, I just declare in the name of Jesus that as for me and my house, the harbor, we will not be people who waste seasons of pain. We will not waste anything. We will go deep with you, with our whole hearts, God, in our own individual ways. And we believe that we will meet you in that place. We will find you. You will cause us to encounter you when we need it most. I thank you for Psalm 34, 18, that you are close to those who have suffered disappointment and you deliver those who are discouraged or who have lost hope. But you move in close to revive people while they are in pain. We thank you for a spirit of revival coming out of honesty and transparency when people have experienced pain. We thank you for a spirit of revival starting to stir up in their ministry, in their times of communion with you and in their times in small groups together, God. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.